Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Happy Black History Month. And hey, we in here. I am so excited. And I guess I really, 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 really get excited around Black History Month because I I know that being Black and trying is, it's not an anomaly, but it's not a huge majority, right? Like you can't go to races and just see an absorbent amount of people of color at a race. That's just not happened yet. However, I do appreciate that there are pioneers in this sport and I want and desire to bring them to try beginner's luck. And it just so happens that this gentleman that I get to bring to you today, I got an opportunity after trying to track him down, like tracking this man down. Listen, for those of you who are listening, who have met him, you already know it is a struggle and you, you just got to be patient. It's like taking your time, checking in, making sure you get with him. But when you do meet him, it's just like liquid gold. It is all good. And you'll just leave shining from his presence because you can't help but be overfilled with the joy that he carries and embodies. It is amazing. Before I bring him in and give him some more compliments, I want to say that we do have a new little background. I've been Marie Kondoing some things and I am so uncomfortable with my new setup to record. It is uncomfortable. And I just wanted to put that out there. I meant to mention it last week, but I did not. And, um, but I think it's better suited for this week because when we're uncomfortable and being black sometimes means we're uncomfortable going into races or um, for me an announcing situations or uh, places where I get an opportunity to host and MC and you do it uncomfortable. You do it scared. You know that there are fears but yet you push past them because you know on the other side, there is victory. Now, this gentleman is an award-winning athlete, an award-winning triathlete. He's participated in so many, like hundreds of athletic events in his 40 years in sport, has been on the cover of magazines, He is an executive director. He is internationally known in the triathlon space. He is a pioneer for this sport and as a person of color. He has a youth program in Chicago, TriMasters, that he founded in 1990. He is still running to this day, come on, y'all, I get to bring to try beginner's luck, Mr. Bernard Lyles. Bernard, welcome to try beginner's luck. How you doing? I'm great. How you been? I'm good. It's so nice to like meet you and just to be able to talk to you. I know we won't be able to get super deep in your rich history, but we will scratch the surface and we will have you back again um, because I want to dive deeper the next time, probably into TriMasters and what you're doing with your sports initiative. But today okay. it's about you and giving you some flowers while we're in each other's <laughs> presence, because whenever I talk to people about who are the, like the forefathers of this sport, your name always comes up, like always comes up. <laughs> and last year I tried to get you on, but you was over on the big Island having a good time, but we got to figure out what you was over there on the big Island doing. 
but you were over there and we couldn't sync up. So I had another gentleman on, his name was Phil Fenty and his son, Sean Fenty on, um, who also started in, um, around the same time you did in 1983, Phil Fenty did. And so I asked you off camera or off mic, did you know him? And you did not, but you guys were doing triathlons at the same time, just in different parts of the country. To me, that is so amazing. And I hope at some point I can get you guys to meet each other. You continue to go on. He continued to go on and do some things and some great things in the sport, but you're still actively engaged in the sport. And you're also bringing in other youth into the sport, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like to be a pioneer in sport? Well, with this triathlon sports, it's been a long, exciting journey. It's really been great. Um, I started out as a uh, distance runner, running marathons and succumbed upon an injury to my uh, shin, so I couldn't run anymore at that point. And a friend of mine told me about this triathlon that he did. It was an indoor pool, but outside run and outside bike. And he said, Bernard, you ought to try that. You'll be really good at it. So I got motivation from a friend of mine to get started with this. And it was so exciting what he told me. I went down, uh, watched these Bud Light Chicago triathlon in 1982 there was so much excitement i didn't know that things like that happened and so i made it my goal to do my first one the following year so 1983 was my first one leon's triathlon in hobart indiana and um from that experience i was just hooked into the sport so you said that was leon repeat the name of that first triathlon you did leon's triathlon it's now called leon's world's fastest triathlon he's still in operation right now oh my goodness so of course i gotta reach out to him because i'm like wait a minute you've been doing triathlon since 1983 or probably beyond so that is that's incredible it is incredible that that hooked you your friend was like hey you should try this because you were battling an injury and Mm -hmm. so many try triathletes come into the sport because they're battling an injury and yet they're able to still continue to running because they diversify the sports and they're able to mix up the sports between swimming and biking and running. Exactly. So tell me back in 1983, were you a swimmer or did you have to, did you have to teach yourself to swim or like what was a barrier to entry for you? Because currently the barrier to entry one of the barriers to entry is swimming and people and <clears throat> people not knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. So what did you experience as a barrier for you or did you come in knowing how to swim? Oh, I knew how to swim. In fact, I was a uh, lifeguard for the Chicago Park District for a couple of years um, in my teenage years, you know, 20, 19, 20, 21, I was a lifeguard. So I already knew about swimming, but swimming competitive in a large group like triathlon, at Leon, that was my first time with that one. So uh, pool swimming and, you know, laps and all that, that was all good. But when we get in the open water with a crowd, that was all the way different. I was, after I signed up and I saw the race site, I was kind of terrified <laughs> that I was signed up for this thing. So, in fact, we picked up the race package on Friday. The race is on Sunday. So Friday night and Saturday night, I did not sleep well. <laughs> knowing that I got to go do this thing on Sunday. But I got so much support from my running friends and everybody knowing that I'm going to do this. I was on the bubble. I got to get this done. So um, I showed up for the race site. And another thing that scared me when I got there, we were just mingling around talking, you know, the athletes talking and getting ready. And uh, this one girl said, wow, it's a long way down there. And then the other guy said, well, we have to go down there and come back. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I thought we was only going one way, too. <laughs> so, but we didn't have no time to really hash that out. I was in the next wave going off. So when the gun went off, I just went. 
Wow. And I got out, I, I went and I, I got out the water in 17 minutes. I was good. So once I was on dry land, I was ready to go. <laughs> but that crowd thing, it, it was amazing. So I found out now you have to make sure to seed yourself. If you're not that good at swimming, get in the back. Let those real swimmers fight it out. You won't lose but 30 seconds. <laughs> That's right. Let them fight it out and then right. clear the path for me. Clear the right. way for Exactly, because there's a lot of fighting going on up front. <laughs> there, there, there is so a lot of kicking. That was one lesson I learned that particular day. So, But I made it out the war and I was good to go after that. And that's a good lesson for beginners or a good lesson just in general. If you're not fast, stay your butt in the back. That's right. Let them get through. And then it's easier for you to kind of pace yourself. Your heart rate won't be so high and you can just, you know, settle into whatever the race uh, pace it sets for you, the race pace for you. So you're not um, competing against others trying to fight your way through. So let them do what they do. I love that. That's some really good sound advice. So right. you swam. Did you have a bike? Did you have to learn how to bike? Like, tell oh, us about that. Oh, yeah, I had a bike. But the bike that I had been training on, uh, uh, it was old uh, Fuji or Swin or something like that. And one of my friends, she said, I know you're not going to ride that thing. <laughs> it served me well training. So yeah, I was going to ride this but she said, no, nah, why don't you ride my bike? She had a nice, um, she upgraded Fuji or something like that, but it was much better than the bike that I had. So I, I used her bike and, and it made all the difference in the world because I had a big piece of steel. You know, I'm really not into the sport and I don't know. And I'm, this is my first time. And I got the bike that I've been training on. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> if I had to show it up with that bike, yeah, they really be checking on me, looking at me. <laughs> As if, hey, I might not have made it. So thank God for good friends. Yeah. And she was like, look, you're not going to ride that this. thing. Don't ride it. Don't do it to yourself. Just don't do it. <laughs> Man. So, okay. I guess I got to just go on to the, the, the run part. You are a runner, so you probably blew the run out the water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, once we, like I said, once we got on dry land, I was good to go. So I got on that bike, made pretty good time on the bike, passed a couple of people, you know, more people passed me than I passed. So, but when it got to the running, you know, that was my background. I was ready for that. And um, it was a six point, a it was a 10K run. So it was a lot of back and forth. And you know how you kind of feel these vibes? This is competitor over here. He just don't want you to be him. We were back and forth. We were back and forth, but I dogged him out. <laughs> I got on in there, yeah, because I'm here to make your day hard. Since you know he don't look, he gave me that look, and you know, and didn't say anything, and and me and him back and forth. So uh, I beat him out, and I ended up um, number 44 in the race. Uh, the first 50 get a prize, so I end up getting a prize. I got a, a, a cap and a, uh, a singlet from Leon's Triathlon. <laughs> so won a prize with my first go out. Come on. And as we say here at Try Beginner's Luck, whenever you try, you always win. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate this story so much because it's one filled with excitement, but yet fear. And yet you didn't let the fear of swimming all the way down and back get you. And I hear, I felt like it sounds like it was an Olympic race. So you went out and did an Olympic when you said there was a 10k run at the back so right. it was an you did an olympic race for your first one mm -hmm. wow yep yeah that's a that's a distance that's a very hardy distance how did you train for this race um like it was how more, what was more, training more, like? it was more swimming and cycling than running at that point because I still I'm you know I'm, I'm nursing an injury kind of so I don't want to really get involved in that part so much. So I did more biking, more swimming. Because again, uh, biking was not really my strong part, but I can bike. And, you know, the bike that I had, I, I might have just been putting out so much work that, you know, no rewards for all the work that I was putting in. So once I got on that good bike, man, I was rolling. <laughs> I felt the difference, kind of like I was doing resistance training, but now I got 
a real bike to ride on. So I was doing more cycling and more swimming to prepare for this race. Okay. I love what you said because I think that's true. And I know people who train on a harder bike so that when they are in a race situation, mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier for them and they're able to, you know, produce a faster speed more consistently because they, they've trained at a harder, um, and with a harder machine, mm -hmm. a bike. Mm -hmm. Um, so when was the moment for you, because you said you were nursing an injury and yet I hear the competitiveness in you when you're looking at that gentleman, like, Hey, I see you, I'm coming after you. How were you able to kick it up a gear when you were already nursing an inj injury to be able to be competitive on the run course at your first race? Well, you know, actually I was doing something that I don't, I don't prescribe to everybody. I took Advil's before the race. <laughs> Take some Advil, head off the pain because I know it's coming. <laughs> and uh, I just went for it like that. But actually, I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any problems. Maybe my adrenaline flow and the whole competition thing on the run, you know, I was ready to go, just didn't know it. So it, it worked out well. But I don't advise everybody to take painkillers and train. Yeah, it's not advised, but it does happen because, you oh, know, yeah. it's the nature of the sport. But we definitely don't advise and we ask that you seek medical uh, assistance mm -hmm. or seek your medical advisor for assistance on if you have an injury or not. Okay. In 1983, there, it wasn't the internet. So how did you learn about Leon's triathlon, now known as Leon's fastest triathlon? Um, I think I researched it through once I, oh, I went to the expo, the, the uh, Bud Light Expo. And that's where Leon was, uh, had a booth at the expo. I got a pamphlet from him and I talked to him. Leon talked all day too. He's a, he's a triathlete before he started putting on the races. So Leon, you know, he, he talked about triathlon and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this my first one. So, uh, from the expo is where I got that information. Okay. Hmm. You finished the race, 44th overall. You're getting all this swag and prize. When was the moment where you was like, I need more of this? Actually, I had already signed up for the, the Bud Light that was coming up in about four weeks after Leon's I had already signed up. So Leon's was my really supposed to be my first one in my test run, but I I'm already signed up for the uh, Bud Light. So I, I, I had saw that the year before and it was so exciting. I, I had to have some of that, but Leon's was my first one to get started. And four weeks later I was at the Bud Light and that was, again, that was an amazing race. So um, it so was already us. set. So tell us about why it was amazing. And four weeks later, what did you learn from your first race to your second race within your first year? Okay. Oh, it was exciting because, uh, first of all, um, it was in Chicago. So I'm, I'm right at home. All my running friends that knew I had did that triathlon up in Indiana, they were already there. My, I already had a cheering squad set, <laughs> support teams. Everybody wanted to, you know, come down and and, and watch and support. And uh, so that that was good. So I was motivated. And I, I got to do this. I got to get this good. I, I got a bike now. I got a bike. Um, so I'm good on the bike. But the thing about it, again, I was the only one. <laughs> I was the only one of color there that I saw. And but it was still it was a lot of fun. You know, that that the whole color thing didn't really bother me. I didn't have any problems with that. Or I probably just didn't even think about it. I was just having fun and having this race. And I got all this support team. They depended on me to get this thing done and, and you know come across that finish line. So that was my whole thing. But after the race. So many competitors, you know, they remember 
I remembered you. So I started building a network of uh, of followers, I guess. You know, we didn't have followers on Facebook or anything like that, but they were following me at these different events. Now, I remember you from this event. You know, I, I know they remember me because I'm the, the only black guy that ran past them. <laughs> After they biked, after they outswam me and I ran, I, I biked me. I'm the one that, you know, it ain't over till you finish the run. And they remember me because I might have been the one cleaning up the course, running, catching all those guys. So, because <laughs> I was a pretty good runner too. So, I had lots of fun with that triathlon because, again, it's not over until you finish the run. So, and then being in Chicago, it was so much fun and so much excitement. I'm involved in this event that I saw last year. I'm really in it. <laughs> so I'm having fun. So all the, all the, uh, uh, um, being the only one and all that, that, that it didn't even, I didn't even think about it. So it's all that, about fun. I love it. I think that's interesting. And I think most athletes will tell you that color isn't, the first thing you think about when you're competing, you don't think about ethnicity. You're just mm -hmm. like, I'm out here racing. And I was going to ask you about, you know, how did it make you feel to be the only black, but you're like, Hey, it didn't phase me. So my follow-up question is when you started to see at different races that you were the only black athlete racing, what did, what, triggered you to try to do something about that to change um, the narrative? Okay. Actually, you know, I had uh, um, met the original TriMaster. They came out of New York. TriMaster was originated in New York. Okay. So um, the one guy, his name is Alvin Hartley. Alvin's, Alvin started TriMaster based on that, you know, concept that, you know, they wanted to get more minorities involved in the sport because he's the only one at a lot of races. So when they came here to Chicago, they came to Chicago in um, 90. They came to Chicago in 90. And Machado, I'm usually the only one there. Or, you know, again, but this year I see this whole group of Black and Hispanic athletes, and they're they going out in the first wave. And I didn't know anything about it. I'm trying to figure out why nobody didn't tell me. These guys going to be here. <laughs> so what I found out later that the race director, his name is Jan, Jan Kaye. Jan was a great marketing person, great marketing person. And he would, you know, get all the pro athletes. We had pro athletes. We had Mark Allen, Dave Scott, uh, Susan Latshaw, all the, uh, Wendy Ingram, all the professionals here to race in Chicago. But along with that, he also brought in, you know, this diverse group, TriMaster, he heard about in, in New York, brought them in. That was so exciting. And once I met Alvin, Alvin told me the whole concept about, you know, him being the first one. And, and that's how he built the group. They had sponsors. They had Burger King. And at that point, uh, they had Pan Am Airlines. Pan Am was still flying then. They had been flying around the world doing triathlon. Yeah. I got in on the tail end and got a chance you know, fly Pan Am first week at first class to Jamaica, where we put on the uh, Negril Sprint Triathlon. Yeah. So Alvin Hartley, he's the one who got me involved in that. So he said, Bernard, after we talked and I saw all his athletes and I met them, he said, you'll be with us next year. And once he got back to New York, we got on the phone. He said, why don't you just start a Chicago chapter? Like he's building this franchise thing. And that's what I did. I gathered like 12, 13, 14 of my friends that from the running and uh, a couple of people that knew how to, they already knew how to swim because when you say swimming, they like, nah, <laughs> I don't want none of that. So it's kind of hard for me to build my group up, but I finally built up uh, a group of about 14 people and we kicked off our Chicago chapter. Alvin sent us some equipment and, you know, some uh, things to do to build my chapter. And um, it was nonstop from there. We built TriMasters, got into, uh, involved in racing and training. Um, uh, the media caught attention of it. 
stocking in the newspapers and, you know, press releases going out from different places about us participating. And it just grew from there. And then in um, 92, 92, I got a call from uh, the um, president of Chicago State University, Dr. Dolores Cross. And actually, she was part of our running club. And you know how you talk about things when you run, talk about, so I must, I might've brought it up several times that I'm trying to start a, you know, a share this experience with youth. And I had been to my health club, tried to launch a program, but you, you know, they want to know your proposal and all that. I don't know proposal, I just got a great idea. Let me stop there. You better say it. I don't have all the information, but I got the ideas. Come with that. Yes. And they want to know how much they're going to make and all that stuff like that. I didn't have none of that. I just, you know, excited and want to share this sport. Try to go to the YMCA. Hard to get in to see the director. But I got that call from Chicago State from the president. And, and they, they, she invited me to come to her office to meet with her. And when I got to the office, uh, the athletic director, uh, and several of, I found out they were vice presidents. And she just asked me point blank, can you actually do a youth program in sports? So no time to say no then. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> and she had got a $10,000 grant from a Chicago Community Trust to use for this pilot program to start a youth sports on the Chicago State campus. So I went with the 10th, I said yes. Two weeks later, we met again with the athletic director with all the forms and the uh, okays from the legal counsel and how we can do this on the university campus. And we just went off the cuff in July. Um, so, you know, in July too, most kids are already into summer programs. So I rounded up 30 kids. Some of my friends, um, I had promised them when, you know, I had visualized this whole program and I, it happened, it happened. I had been visualizing this all the time. In fact, I got an article, I'm, I'll show you one day, that when they wrote us up about TriMasters, I said, you know, I wanted to develop a youth program. And now all this stuff is it's coming into fruition right now. And so I, I, I took the 10,000 and about 10 bicycles. I hired two lifeguards and a couple of my guys from TriMaster, they got involved to help me coach these 30 kids that I had rounded up. Again, the kids came from a um, couple people on campus. Their kids weren't involved in anything. Some friends I had, you know, their kids hadn't got involved in anything in the summer. And then I had this one grandmother. Again, I visualized this thing. I told Miss Randolph, that's her name, Miss Randolph, that I'm a help you out because she's taking care of the grandkids and they you don't want to call them bad but they bad <laughs> so I took her five grandkids we ended up with 30 kids and we trained them and um, a press a press release went out from the university before we I trained them for the kids triathlon the press release went out that Chicago State is sending 30 kids to the uh, Chicago kids triathlon so once that happened, the newspaper, sometimes they interviewed me and the kids, they wrote another article, and then WGN Channel 9 Sports lady, Muriel Clear, she came to the campus. She interviewed me, she interviewed the kids, and then the next week they came to the event and they watched the kids race, and they put it all together for a three-minute thing called for kids' sake on WGN TV. It went all over the world because it was on cable too. It's all over the world. So the university was getting all this good press and good um, you know, exposure. I got appointed me a position at the university right after that. So that's how I got to uh, actually work for Chicago State University based on the success of that pilot program. Yeah. I am. Um, when you were talking and hearing, there's so much to unpack. Yes. And I started getting a little bit emotional because a lot of times you may not have 
quote unquote, everything you need to carry a vision out. Right. But because you had a run group already and someone who's just already out there working out, leverage that relationship of, you know, working out because you're all in the same field, just working out on the struggle bus together. Right. You went into these doors of these other places that quote unquote, you would presume would want to help you a health club, the YMCA. And yet they, they, they were just like, no, no. But someone at Chicago state was like, Hey, um, I think that's a good idea. Talk to me about it. Wasn't like, give me your business plan. Give me your proposal. Right. Sometimes visionaries, especially business um, founders, they may not have all the tools or have accessibility to write out the formal plans, but they have the vision. And to me, maybe I'm talking about myself a little bit in this. Mm -hmm. You have what it takes because you can dream it. You can think it, you can visualize it. Right. And that's exactly what you did. And so I feel inspired. Y'all did the joy that he gives. Like, <laughs> I, feel, I felt your words and you didn't let you it stop you. And then when she was like, hey, I got $10,000 for you. It's like, oh, okay. I guess I got to run this program. And it's still going on today, ladies and gentlemen. Like yes. now the program is seven weeks. So now you get to do this. You've built it up to a seven week program for the mm -hmm. youth. That's yeah. their whole summer. They don't get to do nothing but try. Who? Yeah. Wow. The last couple of years, it's been like 10 weeks because the kids get out at different intervals. Some of the kids get out the first part of June and then Chicago Public Schools, their kids got out three weeks later. So those that joined up earlier, they get to stay all the way through. So they end up with 10 weeks. Wow. So the other one has seven weeks and, and we still had... Um, a week in between to keep them motivated so we can get to the triathlon with them. So I think we should talk about that a little bit be because this is a natural segue into what you're doing. So TriMasters is the seven week program or 10 weeks, depending on when they get out of school. You've been running it now for over what, 30 years now? Yeah, this is coming into the 32nd year. 32nd year, y'all. And tell us about what are they doing? And then what race are they racing at the end of the year to get to be able to put every all their hard work to rest and have their victory party? Yeah, the, our whole goal is actually, you, first of all, is to train the kids in the sport. Give them a, a positive place to do the sport, uh, train, keep them off the street is number one, actually. Keep them off the street because, again, in our community, it's a lot going on. So if we can get the kids on our team first, again, we start them at age six to they're six to fourteen. Start them young; they get involved with us as opposed to getting involved with other things, the drugs, gangs, all the other things that go on in our community. So getting them trained and getting them ready for the Chicago Kids Triathlon is what we've done for the last 32 years. The um, first year was successful. And after that, they expected us to be there. And we, I expect to train my athletes and have a good showing. And we are we're the hit of the show most, most years that we're there. I mean, well, with you as the helm, I'm sure they are the stop of the show. Like they are the stars <laughs> of the show. Machanda, one time, I'm gonna tell you this. This is funny. <laughs> one time, in, I think, I don't know, 1994, 95, something like that. We trained 160 kids. We had 100. We had to start limiting our program to 100 kids because it was getting to be, you know, too much for our coaches and too much for everybody. So we had to limit it to 100 kids. But it was another program on campus. They did academics in the morning and they had sports in the afternoon. But they really didn't have sports. They, I guess they put in their proposal that way. So the, the director of that program, she came to, to me. She said, Bernard, she said, I, I know about your program. She said, but I have a program too. But I need to train my kids in sports and academics. Can you help me with the sports part? We talked about it. And what she did was cut off me part of her 
Grant. <laughs> yes, we can. So if we trained 160 kids and we got 108 of them to the event, we got 108 of them, little black kids to the event. <laughs> and John, that day of the event, we were late. <laughs> It's hard rounding up. We had like four school buses full of equipment and kids. We had parents with cars. <laughs> In fact, one of the parents drove me down there in her BMW <laughs> to the race site. We had to go from the south side all the way up to the north side to the beach where this event was being held at. So by the time we got all the buses loaded up, all the kids loaded up and headed up north, when we got there, we were late. <laughs> but I bet they waited for you. No, they didn't. The race they didn't. He was so fuck. He was so pissed off. Oh no! But <laughs> well, we had to let him in. He had to let us. <laughs> so they had to delay everything and get started all over again. <laughs> well, they didn't wait for you, but they did restart for you. So that we the hit of the show, man. All those kids, all those black kids showing up there, <laughs> unloading buses and cars and excitement. All of them got to get their numbers together. <laughs> <laughs> Real chaos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but we had so much fun and we picked up a couple of sponsors after that. McDonald's came on our team for next year. <laughs> we had so much excitement. And then the race director, he got, you know, afterwards, we got together. We got to be good friends. <laughs> but he did not like that when we showed up late with all that excitement. <laughs> Now, is the Chicago Kids Triathlon line connected with the Chicago Triathlon line by chance? Yes, yes. It's uh, in fact they just they actually do the kids race on Saturday, and the big event on Sunday. Okay. So now um, uh, it has changed hands a few times over the years, but now it's called it's Lifetime Chicago Triathlon, and Lifetime has the um, Super Sprint and the kids race on Saturday. And then they have the sprint distance and the Olympic distance on Sunday. So it's a whole big weekend of triathlon for everybody. It's a big triathlon party. Yes, it is. Yes, I love it, it. Mm -hmm. Man, so I love how another executive director was like, hey, you got a program, let's do this. But you were wise enough to be like, but you're going to break, like you were able to get quote unquote compensated so that you can continue to allow the program to survive by bringing mm -hmm. in other people. And so I love that shrewdness about how you were thinking and still collaborating at the same time. And this just seems like one big collaboration after another and your heart to have a vision. And so ladies and gentlemen, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I just want to encourage you for a second to hear what Mr. Bernard did. And so if you have an idea and you don't have all of the resources, the tools, the quote unquote connections or the right. It's sad to say in 2023, we're still dealing with racial challenges and tensions, but even mm -hmm. being the right color, being of the right ethnic, uh, just whatever, it doesn't matter. There's somebody out there who will believe in you and when you believe in yourself. And so I think the biggest thing is don't allow what limits you to hold you back. Even if you mm -hmm. get several no's or quote unquote fail, it's a possibility and it will happen. Yes. But as Aaliyah said, dust yourself off and try again. Like- right. Don't stop because you never know. It could be that person who's in your tri group or that person who you just, you see walking every day in your neighborhood and you guys start to have a conversation or you join a run group and it could be that person in the run group who might be the CEO of whatever organization it is. You just never know. Never know. You're in the company of. So one, you mm -hmm. need to always treat people well, be kind right. and smile. Yes. Okay. Even when it hurts. <laughs> you know, even when it hurts. So you just get out there and try and believe in yourself. Who this was good to me, 
man, you have done so much. And I love that you've kept this going. You're in, this is 32 years and not to put your age on blast, but would you be proud to share how young you are? I just made my 70th birthday. Mm, Y'all hear that? 70. Seven weeks ago. Bro. <laughs> wow. That's out there. See that? I, I used to let the girls guess. The nice out there. <laughs> oh, look at you. But you look <laughs> young and you have a vibrant, youthful essence about you. And you're still, you know, involved in this program. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, what at least it's showing me is you continuing to be around the youth. It keeps you young. It keeps you sharp because listen, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, Mr. Bernard travels a lot. Y'all I could not get him on last season. I was trying <laughs> to hunt him down and get him on last season. And he would be like, listen, young lady, um, I'm going to the big Island for a month and I got things to do. So we'll, we'll connect when we connect. But this year he told me the same thing. And I said, listen, give me an hour. I am not taking no for an answer and I want you on the show. Isn't that what I did? Yeah. I put my foot down this year. You need to do it today. Today. <laughs> Hence why we both looking like I got on a FAMU t-shirt. Yeah. He got on his Tribasters t-shirt because I was like, I'm not waiting while you go to the Big Island again. So earlier I said, so what you, what you doing at the Big Island? You just going down there to, to play in the water? He was like, I'm a, I'm a diver. Oh, you're a diver. And he was like, and there's a particular time in the water where the whales are out. And I said, I said, whales? He's like, yeah, I like to go see the whales. And occasionally if we see a shark, I'm excited. And that's when I was like, oh, 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 you, you lost me in sharks there. So tell us about, not only are you a triathlete, but you're a scuba diver. So tell us about your escapades because you're a, you, you are technically um, headed to the big island in a few days yes in fact you know I, I got hooked on the uh big island when i did the triathlon down there in uh i did the ironman world's championship in 1998 hawaii so once on that big island it's something about it the whole island was all involved in it i got all involved in it so even after the uh i did the event i go down if not every year i go every other year I go down because again I scuba dive, and that's where I mean best diving I've done. I've done in I've done diving in Jamaica, St. Croix, and several other places, but Hawaii was the best one. And I, I found a couple of dive outfits that I really trust and appreciate to be with, and they take me on some fantastic dives. So uh, again, yeah, I'm going down to see when the whales come in at the end of January and first part of February. So I'll catch them. Uh, coming in and then um on the dives always something exciting the um nurse i mean lots of shark you, the nurse shark they don't really bother you they'd be down in the in the uh caverns or the caves they, they pretty much rest you have to kind of wake them up but once you wake them up they they are huge sharks um <clears throat> a lot of dolphin a lot of um monkfish all kind of creatures in Hawaii. So I love to go there and dive, most of all. Um, tiger shark, one, I'll tell you one episode I did, we were with the dive crew and we're going to this dive site that's like 90 feet down. And I'm one of the last ones to go over, overboard and start descending down. And so as I'm descending down, I see this big shadow. <laughs> big shadow is that tiger shark that they say, it, it you know is in that area it's in that particular area the dive people know where some of the you know uh, particular sharks are at so that big tiger shark came right past me and it was fantastic it didn't bother nobody one way going but i'm banging on my tank trying to get their attention they still going down <laughs> i'm up here the tiger shark is up here <laughs> so yeah in hawaii it's always some excitement and then the other dive that I really like going on, they have the uh, night dive that with the giant manta rays. It, they, they look like stingrays, but they're manta rays, the big giant manta rays. They, they put a light down about 50 feet and 
it draws plankton and the big giant manta rays come through and they swoop up the plankton. So when you see those big guys come through, it is fantastic. So again, yeah, I like going to Hawaii just for the dive experiences, most of all. Always something exciting down there. Ooh, I think my heart rate went up. <laughs> Just listening to you <laughs> talk about tiger sharks, and I was like, "What's gonna happen?" Anyway, <laughs> they they eat fish; they don't eat people. I know, but still, I was just like, I don't know what my heart would if I felt the way my heart felt seeing one in person. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I don't want to say it because words have power, but my heart rate rose literally listening to you talk. And I don't know what it will do looking at one in the water. So maybe I need to go to like a, a smaller dive site first to do that. But you mentioned going to Kona and that's how you got into that. So in 1998, you qualified for Kona. What was that experience like? Because that's the full thing. So by this time, you had been doing um, you had been doing triathlons for about 20. Yeah, it was in 98. So, um, yeah. What, about 15 years? 15, yeah, 20 years. 18 years, yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, Machanda, I got invited. I didn't oh. qualify. Oh, we invited. We, I we got, got invited. invited. They took okay. care of everything. <laughs> I came home with money. <laughs> in fact, what happened was, yeah, um, there's this one guy that he pretty much promoted Iron Man and minority athletes being involved in Ironman. His name was Rob Perry. Rob Perry, uh, first year he invited uh, Daryl Haley. Daryl was a uh, ex-football player. And Daryl was going to be the first 300-pound triathlete to finish an Ironman. And Daryl knocked it out. Knocked it out. So he went and... Um, 96 and then in 97 the next guy up to bat black guy was uh tim jacobs tim jacobs was a uh secret service secret service agent and triathlete so tim went the second year he knocked it out so third year was my chip that rob contacted me and put things together so I had an invitation from Rob. I guess he's marketing, doing different things with Iron Man. So he asked me, to, you know, would I like to? I'm like, yeah. So they put it together from there. They uh, took care of. Um, I was there. I was in Hawaii for 18 days. They put they put me up in the host hotel 18 days. I was there before the pros got there, and I was there after a lot of them left. <laughs> and so, and then I had some sponsors. Um, and I actually had a fan club. One of the guys from Windy City Sports Magazine, his name, Doug Kaplan. I'll never forget, Doug put together a fan club for me. And they raised money and funds and different things so I can get to Iron Man. Even though, you know, I had the invitation, I still needed all the other things to get me there. And uh, a lot of my friends chipped in, you know, funds and well wishes. I even had a surprise party kick off the send me off to Iron Man. So it was, it was real exciting. And uh thing about Iron Man, again, the whole island is behind it. This is a big, big thing. I got a chance to race with the world's best athletes. And I ended up doing that actually that year. I almost died from a virus that I picked up in the water. I was training for this Ironman. Um, so I'm going to do like four halves this is my thing. I'm going to do four half Ironman to get ready for this whole thing. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm invited and everything. But in the set, after the second race, I got sick. We picked up a virus in the water in Lake Springfield and I almost died. I was in intensive care the whole nine yards. They wrote it all up in the magazines. And, but 10 weeks after, I still made it to Iron Man. 10, wow. 10, 10 weeks after I got out of the hospital. <laughs> so it was a 
big episode to get there and then the race with the uh the best in the world and you you know you got 17 hours to do this whole thing you start at seven o'clock in the morning you got to be back by midnight else if you're on the course you're not iron man i got back in 15 hours in one minute almost left two hours on the clock Hey, hey. And a lot of the people on the course again back to that running I was so glad to get off that bike my marathon time was still was like I think it was 4.36 or something like that which is I, I ran them down I ran a bunch of them down and left two hours almost two hours on the clock so that whole experience of Ironman and I, again I thank Rob for the invitation I thank my fan club for helping me get there. And my sponsors that were late sending the money, I brought that home with me. <laughs> oh, I have Bally Total Fitness. They sent me a $2,000 check. I'm like, wow. That was a lot of money then, too. But, uh, yeah, I brought that home with me, and I brought a couple more. So I went to Hawaii, got involved with the World Championship race, survived it. I came home with some money. So I, I love Kona. I go all the time. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to get you to say this. Um, th when you said, I want to thank Rob, I want to thank my fans. I need you to say, and I want to thank me. So I need you to do that all again, because there's this thing on social media where they'd be like, and I want to thank this person. I want to thank, and I want to thank me. Can you just do that for us? Just to So yeah, that, the whole Iron Man experience was, was fantastic. So I, I just want to say thanks to Rob for the invitation. I want to thank all my friends and my fan club for helping me get there and all my well wishes, even the surprise birthday, I mean, surprise party to send me off. I know I got to get this thing done. And most of all, thank myself and thank God for giving me the strength to pull all this stuff off because I was on the bubble. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I think, you know, you're oh, right. Man. I've attempted, you know, Ironman twice. And the first time had, I've had two really unique experiences, but that's not to mean to say that I'm not going to try again. And mm -hmm. the first time I finished in 1717 and the next time, well, this past year I tried. And um, when they ran out of water on the race course, it really affected my nutrition and oh. being a more voluptuous woman. I need all my water. I need all my everything. And I just didn't have enough through, due to dehydration to kind of continue, but it doesn't, it didn't affect my love for wanting to try because sometimes you, different people have different ways of getting there and getting to the ultimate victory. And so, mm -hmm. but I love hearing your story and we all have different ways of overcoming and you still had to overcome to get there. And I still like, there's nobody that that does Iron Man and it's Iron Man for a reason that uh, mm -hmm. doesn't overcome something or has a unique journey of getting there. You know, I mm -hmm. do believe if I had done Maryland and had done Maryland in the time frame under the 17 hours, that would have been it for me. I would have been like, okay, deuces and I'm out. But I think it's a bigger picture and a bigger journey for me. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've been looking at stories of, you know, pros who DNF several times and gone yes. on to, win it all multiple years in a row and so you just never know y'all better watch out y'all could be looking at a plus size world champion up in this piece right it's, possible. it's sure enough possible because again back to daryl haley he was 300 pounds <laughs> he, he pushed it on through so there's no reason why you can't push through and get this That's done it. let's get it done <laughs> yeah i love it i love it and i i, I just appreciate your stories and how you know, that one yes of saying when you went down to the Bud Light Triathlon in 1982 and you saw uh, this happening in your city in C-H-I-C-A-G-O, you was like, what to do this? And that has allowed you to travel around the world. And not only that, but not keep it for yourself, but you were able to give the gift to others and you were able to give this gift to a whole generation of other youth specifically black and brown kids who may not have had the opportunity to do this exactly. and so i'm grateful that you were so civic and others minded that you were able to give and as a result the gift keeps on giving to you life yes. upon life and you being able to 
you know, really be able to share your story today for people to get to know you as one of the pioneers and, you know, teaming up with, uh, what's the gentleman's name from TriMasters, Alvin, Alvin in TriMasters, mm -hmm. uh, New York. And it, it all just came full circle. And for me to get to not only try y'all track him down last year in January when I couldn't because he was trying to be out in the waters of the big island in Hawaii, deep seeing, uh, deep sea scuba diving, but getting the opportunity for it to come full circle when um, I was at the Hall of Fame dinner and seeing you at the Hall of Fame dinner and be like, hey, you are Mr. Bernard Lyles. I've been trying to get in contact with you. <laughs> and that human interaction, I was like, okay, I'm not going to stop trying. I'm going to reach out to you again. And I did. And this yeah. time, y'all, I had to put my foot down and be like, hey, listen, sir, you going to talk to me. You're going to do this. <laughs> okay. You doing it today. So I just want to say thank you, but I can't let you go without asking you some rapid fire questions. And okay. listen, we didn't even mm. get involved in Oh, Lord, we didn't even get to the half of the things that I really wanted to get to talk yeah, to you about. we got to do part two for real. But we got to do part two for real. And I really want to bring some of your TriMasters on to the show this summer. So okay. maybe we can kind of get that so that people can kind of get to hear their stories and, you know, be able to journey with them along the way. We'll talk to them at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. or the beginning of the season, and then perhaps talk to them after their race to kind of see how this sport can change a child's life. And I just spoke to Tim Yant last week and he was telling me how he's, his new role is to get high school students engaged in this new initiative that USA Triathlon is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really excited that with your initiatives and USA Triathlon's initiatives, I do believe we will see a resurgence in triathlon. And I am excited. Oh, yeah. Um, just to see it happen because this sport has changed so many's lives. It's mm -hmm. changed so many people's lives and also given us the ability to do something different. And right. no one ever leaves a triathlon <laughs> saying it didn't change me. You are changed the moment you step on the course, whether it's a good result or a not so good result. Right. You are changed because the, it's not about the race that changed you. It's the journey to the race that helps to evolve you as a person and develop skills in you as an individual. And so mm -hmm. I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for not giving up and thank you for being a visionary and a pioneer in this sport. And so with that said, we're going to do part two because we got more questions to ask you, but for right now, <laughs> we are going to ask you, um, some of our rapid fire questions. So rapid fire questions are okay. usually really quick. And um, just to, you know, just to have fun a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Where is your favorite place to bike? I like Indiana has some nice trails. I go to uh, Hobart, Indiana, and it can ride all the way to Merrillville, the Indiana Dunes. It's all paved. It's beautiful. No problems. And you can just ride as much as you want, fast as you want. So I like to go up to Indiana, starting in uh, Hammond, and go from there all the way to Crown Point, wherever. Well, you're still running. We know that because you did some races in 2022. Mm -hmm. Do you have any races lined up for 2023? Um, I mostly have work to do with the races in 2023. <laughs> Okay, so you're hanging up your, so far. You're, you're tying up your your running shoes and hanging them up. No, I just haven't signed up for anything because right now I'm not a real competitor in the sport. I I now run for fitness and fun. Okay, and maybe a medal if it's a nice medal. That's what everybody chasing now, medals. Yes, <laughs> the got a nice package and a nice medal. I'm in it for fun. I, you know, my competitive days are. I've been there, done that. I can't outdo my times that I did. So okay. I'm in it for the fun now. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll be looking for you. Uh, you know, when you post that cool medal this year, we'll be looking for that. <laughs> right. So <laughs> what's your favorite song to listen to that gets you excited when you're going out to run for fun? 
Mm, I just, you know, I have a variety of reggae music that I love listening to. Okay. So, no particular song, but reggae music in general. Okay, reggae music. I'm starting to pick up more of the patois, I'm, you know. So when I go to Jamaica, I can relate a whole lot better. Man, the mix with the rest of the boys, them. You still trying to party. <laughs> oh, you like to party. Yeah, oh, so okay. reggae music is my best one. <laughs> All right, I love it. Do yeah. you, you've raced for a while, so do you have any race superstitions? Mm, not really, but I have some advice on race. Don't wear nothing new to the race. I've done that one time. And that's real. Don't wear any new shoes and new equipment to the race. So, yeah. Well, clearly you like a cheer squad. You like people supporting you. So what is the best sign that you've seen when you've been out on a race course? The same one you see every, you see it for 10 miles. You almost there. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Wait a minute, finish line is another seven, eight miles up the road. <laughs> you hate those signs. You're like, yeah, that's not helpful. This is not helpful right you now. You know where you at on the course. <laughs> uh, it's not helpful. My goodness. Okay. What, um, oh man. Okay, okay, okay. What barriers? Well, you didn't. You didn't really. You haven't really had any barriers you've had to overcome. Uh, just the training. This training was the only significant. It's different levels of the sport. That was about it. No real barriers. Okay. All right. What or who inspires you? inspired me um again it, it goes back to my friend he passed away uh roosevelt Lowe, who inspired me to really get involved in this sport because when we uh they trained me how to run marathon in the first place and he was always one that would give me advice and um kind of mentor me into this long distance running so when he told me about the triathlon he was my main supporter on that too when I got the youth program, Roosevelt Lowe's there again. He's with me all the way through it. So he motivated me and inspired me. And, and, and that's how I got involved in this whole thing. Okay. And what is a piece of advice that you would give to a beginner? You can reach a goal. You have to first set a goal. Goals can be reached and you can accomplish them, but you have to try. Again, never give up. You have a dream, pursue that dream. And like our motto say, try and you can master anything in life. Hey, we stick by that motto. I like that. Try and you can master anything at life. Right. And the last question that we ask every single guest no matter if they're the CEO of the USA Triathlon <laughs> or they're a beginner. We asked this question. Okay. Do you pee on the bike or take a pop or pee break? I remember from a long time ago, this lady, Jan Ripple. Jan Ripple was a pro triathlete. Jan said, let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> Look well, up ladies, I'll never forget she said yeah they asked her that same question she said let her rip <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen you heard it here let it rip and that's what we will do right. we will let it rip well I am so grateful for you Mr. Bernard Lyles thank you so much for coming on the show for giving us of your time, for, for not letting me down and really showcasing that true joy that you bring because you do bring a joy 
to this sport, a joy to this world. And I am grateful for your life. And thank you for being a pioneer and one who has gone before us and paved the way and paved the way for so many young people to be able to truly do this sport. I want to just say thank you and you are appreciated. And just, I want to highlight some of his awards, y'all. So he was the first amateur to appear on the cover of American Tri, which was a worldwide publication in 2002. He's competed in over 200 triathlons from the sprint distance to Ironman. He um, has accomplished over 40 marathons, including nine Boston marathons. He is a he was a part of the Power Bar uh, Elite Triathlon team. He was a Saucony Sports team member. He's a USA certified, USA Triathlon certified race director. He got that in 2009. Um, he was a swimmer. He's a scuba diver. He's won so many awards. Mr. Bernard Lyles didn't just get in the sport and was selfish with it, but he has given the sport to so many others. And for that, I say thank you. And we're excited to have you back on the show. And I want to take some time to honor those who have helped me on this journey. And I say that because you can never say thank you too many times to those who give up their time and their, their energy. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without two women who have said, Mashonda, we believe in your dream and we believe in your vision. And we are all literally just trying every day and coming up with things. And that's Sarah Truitt. And uh, she does our social media and all our graphics. So thank you. And Maria Simone, who helps to make my words look good on paper and just helps to be there. She's like my security blanket when we're recording. Like, I just need her to be there. Like, I lean on her. Uh, and I'm so grateful um, for her. Uh, Run Try Magazine, who has partnered and posts our episodes on their website, Thank you. You know, that's exposure, that's time, that's money that they do and they've given back to us. So thank you for pouring into us. And also Kinetic Multisport. Last year, Kinetic Multisport partnered with us and was able to, we were able to give away races to people who won through various entries and to those who might not have had access to pay for a race. And so I am super grateful for all of you for allowing me to make my first full year a true success. Um, so thank you. And if you want to give to Try Beginner's Luck, please reach out to me. I'm going to give you a way that you can do that. So please write it down and we'll post it. But if you want to give to Try Beginner's Luck or find a way to get involved with Try Beginner's Luck, you can do that with at tblpodbiz at trybeginnersluck.com. That's T-B-L-P-O-D-B-I-Z at trybeginnersluck.com. Or hit us up on social media. Just slide into our DMs and we will get back with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you for listening. We wouldn't be a podcast without you listening. And with that, whenever you try Beginner's Luck, you always win. And we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.